This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast on the Guna Talk for episode three of our brand new podcast. Of course, you hopefully have been joining us for the last couple of weeks. This is more of a healthy, fitty look at Arsenal and the world of sports as well in, in more general terms too. And I'm very happy as always to be joined by my fantastic guest, Sophie. How are you doing? You good? You well? Doing very well. I have a story to tell real quick, but I'll do it oh. after we've introduced. Okay. Yes, we'll do it that way around. Uh, lovely stuff. No, good to, good to have on the show, as always. Make sure if you aren't subscribed to the Highbury Squad that you go and do that. There's been some fantastic content going out there recently. Uh, and, of course, we're joined, as always, by Dr. Raj. How are you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, Arsenal are finally back. Glad to see Messi win a World Cup, but glad we're through that. So here we go, back to the real thing. Indeed. Uh, Doc is joining us uh, live from his local cafe, of which for, you know, there are other cafes available, so I won't give yeah. them the name. Um, but, Rubbing uh, but in the yes. weather over here. Indeed, yeah. So if you hear any background noise, that's, that is the reason as to why. But yeah. we appreciate him joining us on site uh, for today's podcast. Uh, Owen is not here, and Owen won't be around for a couple of weeks. Uh, unfortunately, he's been called away with work. Uh, to work some heavy shifts, unfortunately, over what is a very busy Christmas period. And for his job, which I won't talk about because, you know, he hasn't given me the, the green light to say what he does, but he does a lot of work around things that people need for Christmas uh, in, in their homes. I think that's very broad, I know, and your imagination could run wild. But uh, his, his services are very much needed at this time of year. And uh, he's unfortunately going to have to be working over the next few weeks when we would be recording. So, uh, Owen, we, uh, we hopefully you can keep up all your fitness stuff and uh, we'll catch up after you're back as well. Sophie, tell us your your story. So real quick before we came live before we came live on air, um my partner was coming back from urgent care. You know, there's this horrible flu going around in the states. Mm. I don't know what it's like in the UK. It's awful right now. After um, yeah. yeah. Everyone's I mean, Ill. yeah. Yeah. I mean, just stay indoors. Uh, so on the way back, you know, because she's not feeling well, she's going to go and get some ice from a, you know, local place. They do great crunch, crunched ice, crushed mm. ice. Um, and she said, do you want anything? And I hadn't se- haven't eaten all day and I'm so starving. And I thought, yeah, gosh, I do. So I said to her, just how about some tater tots? So I wanted to be honest and tell you guys and the listeners that just <laughs> before we came on air, I'm in, I'm trying, right? I'm trying to retrain my brain to how it used yeah. to be. I got the tater hot tots. She brought them home. I had like five and felt so guilty, like an overwhelming amount of guilt, especially mm. knowing I was coming on air to talk uh, about stuff. And I just wanted to share that with everyone because it is so hard. Convenience is a killer. Mm. It really is. And, and I, have, I went to the store earlier in the morning, Tom, and I bought fresh bread. Yeah. I bought a little turkey. I bought some cucumber, some tomatoes. You know, I was going to make a salad. I got some feta cheese and olives, and that happened. 
Yeah. Um, I, I like this opening to the show where maybe we reveal <laughs> a guilty secret <laughs> that we've kept. Raj, do you want to admit to anything bad that you may have had to indulge in this week? A good amount of wine last night, but it was quite good. So. <laughs> with that, man. Here and there, it's okay. Yeah. But no, I think the one note on her point, that's why food prep is so important if you can prepare your meals beforehand so that when you're hungry it's not like there's that extra threshold extra step which is gonna be like hey, you know what screw it i'll have these tater tots or whatever it is right and so <laughs> if the food's already ready to go and you can just whatever it is put it in the microwave or right or uh, whatever it is that makes it a lot easier to stick to those habits hmm yeah, I mean, for me, like my my guilty admission is that I, my mile a day has, has has obviously stopped because we've had the snow here in the UK, um, and that yeah that lasted so long, so incredible, like ridiculous to the point because the temperature it snowed one day, and then the temperature stayed below zero or around zero for the following week, so the snow just didn't leave, like it was just everywhere and it was frozen, so you can't go run, you can't do anything. There's no motivation because it's getting close to Christmas, you know, and when you get close to Christmas, all you want to do is just, you know, put put candles, like scented candles is the thing at the moment in the house. Uh, so you want you get all the smells of just wanting to sit under a blanket and watch a film. That That's that's the feeling right now. And uh, so I'm going to talk about our Strava Club a little bit later, but you'll notice that there hasn't been a, a mile recorded since the, the 6th of December, I think, which is awful <laughs> considering the fact that, you know, we've started this show all about health and stuff. But, you know, I want this to be realistic. And, you know, realistically, you, you do fall out of routines and it's about working back to get into them. I think what's going to be great about this is that we're going to, our fourth or fifth or sixth show will be crossing over into the new year, which of course New Year's resolutions come around and uh, we can all start with a fresh leaf and, uh, and move forwards. Um, but yes, I'll talk about that Strava situation at the end of today's podcast. Um, let's let's get into things with, with Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal endured a difficult defeat this weekend, Sophie, against Juventus. Did you manage to, to catch this one? I know it was a struggle to see the Milan game. Yeah, I didn't while it was on but i did mm. catch it afterwards um kind of heading into a little bit of research for the weekend and stuff it's one of those games i asked super kev about the game on monday and i said as a player does a game like this matter to you if you lose and he said it's a little bit of a weird one because of the timing um mm. you know in a pre-season in the summer they probably just brush it off and start focusing on the league starting he said but because they're top of the league five points clear wanting to go into the second half of the campaign, the final act, uh, feeling confident. It just felt like a little bit of a weird, not only result based on the performance, um, mm. but also maybe for this Arsenal team at this time coming back, getting something out of the game would have been good. And losing in that fashion, kind of ugly, really, when you think about the two goals that Juventus scored, Tom, you were there. Mm. It just all felt weird when I watched the game back. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I was sitting next to Kaya, of course, who you had on your show, you know, on Monday. And um, I was saying hot chocolate? Time, said, you guys have hot chocolate? hot chocolate? He does. I'm not a hot chocolate drinker. I'm a tea drinker. So, you know, I have my tea in there. He has his hot chocolate with a fountain of marshmallows and cream. No, he doesn't really have that. He just has his hot chocolate. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I I was just said to him at half time, like, I've never seen us so dominant so that the other team were literally suffocated to nothing like they had nothing and then just before half time we score an own goal and then it's like a reflection of the exactly the same thing happened in the second half where we're dominating again they barely have a chance and and then they score well we score another own goal uh and it's two nil i mean raj do you are you worried about this result i mean there's rumors that we might be playing uh behind closed door friendly on Wednesday when this podcast will be going out. Um, are you worried that this kind of interruption of the momentum that we built off of Leon and Milan will affect how we enter that West Ham game? Or do you think we'll be able to compartmentalise it? I'm not really worried about it. It was a weird game, like you said. Completely control the game. I'm about 80 plus percent possession. The press was excellent. The process was great. I mean, two own goals. It's just one of those weird games, right? So, can't put too much stock into it. They happen. It's football. Yeah, it's right. We move on. So I don't really care too much about it. So I think I, think, I don't think I, go ahead. I was going to say, Doc, I think the biggest concern is beyond the 11, once again, it shows that we've got problems. In, in where? Where particularly yeah. would you say? 
Well, striker being the main main area, I guess. <laughs> main area, um, and you know there were some of our World Cup players that played, but you know an in form, in rhythm, game fit Premier League Arsenal this season, we're a lot better than I think Saliba missing is a is massive. I keep saying mm. this. Everyone keeps saying Thomas Partey, and yes, of course he's so important. But Saliba, when you that drop off is massive. If it's not Ben White coming in for him and it's Rob Holding, that is beyond a massive drop off. Yeah, Raj, what do you think? No, I agree. I, mean, I, I don't think it's any secret that the, the team's depth is an issue, right? So, especially when it comes to those key positions in the spine. Um, so, a lot of this is just can you get by with um, and not have players get injured, right? That's why the Jason's injury was so big. At least, though, you have Antetia there who might be able to fill in, right? So, like, the Saliba to hold and drop off is massive, of course. If Tomiyas is not fit to play like that. And so, uh, Partey drop off is massive. Completely changes the whole the whole game plan. Because I think we've seen one of Okanga. He's far more comfortable as an eight thus far. Playing a lone six for anyone is very, very difficult. Especially for a player who still kind of kind of catches rhythm in his stride. But yeah, depth is certainly an issue. I think left back, the depth there has been really, really good. I think that's part of why they've been so conservative with Zinchenko and not trying to rush him. And mm-hmm. I think Saliba being at right center back, allowing Ben White to play right back is why they're not rushing Tomiyasu as well, right? So there's a knock-on effect, positive and negative, of having good depth at key positions. Yeah, depth is always going to be the question mark around a squad that has been, over the course of three years, you know, really overhauled from, ironically, you know, we're recording this on the day that it's Arteta's third year anniversary at the club. And the big factor has been obviously that the first 11 that Arteta chose, there's two players that exist from that starting 11 compared to the starting 11s that we perceive to be our best team. You know, and that's Saka and, and Xhaka that are still there. And beyond that, you know, we've spent over £250 million pounds, uh, in three years um, overhauling the squad to change it into a team that's now sitting five points clear at the top of the table. But £250 million, pounds, you know, isn't actually, when you think about the context of a team, like a whole team being changed, and you think of the cities and the Chelsea's and United's of this world, that's not a lot of money. You know, £250 million pounds for a whole team. When you think about right it that num- way, it's the right number, Tom. Is yeah, more, yeah. Is it so not, if you go, I thought it was north of three. If you go, so I'm, and I'm doing this roughly. So let's say Ramsdale's thirty, White's fifty, so that's eighty. Um, then you've got, uh, and I'm. This is obviously the, the money spent while Arteta's here. So Saliba, for instance, was brought in before Arteta. So you, you right. say Saliba's been integrated. So eighty with Ramsdale and uh, and White thirty. Yeah. On well, 25 30 on um, on Gabriel. See, I didn't include Tommy because Tommy's not actually in the starting 11 right now. That's that's kind of one of the, the other things about oh, this. that's so, cheeky, it is cheeky, but it's true. <laughs> um, so Gabriel 25, <laughs> so that takes to 105. Um, Zinchenko 30, so it's 135. Um, then you go to Thomas Partey at 45 million, so that's uh, 150. Then you're going to Erdegaard's 180. Uh, then you've got Jesus 225, and that that's that's it. I guess you you include Tomiyasu. Then you get to the you know your your the Tomiyasu, Sambi, Nuno. You yeah. Can go. You know you can go to the sort Cedric and Runnisons mm-hmm. and Mari. Yeah. Mari. But if you look and... at that starting eleven, you know if you look at that team, that starting eleven that we've built. That's been done with under less than two hundred fifty thousand. It's good value uh, for money in modern million. sports. Yeah. yeah, and and Tavares, yeah. You know, seven million quid. We're going to sell him for more than we bought him. Lukonga, fifteen million quid. We'd probably make, probably get even, or if not, slightly more than what we bought him for. I think Mari's got an obligation purchase if Monza stay up at around six, seven million, which is about what we paid for him, slightly, slightly less. But you know, considering he's a player that you know gets no minutes and we've seen players terminate their deals uh, in that kind of position. We're getting some money back off of that. We might actually make a profit on Cedric if these links to Fulham are true. So that might also happen. Raj, I mean, it sounds good on paper. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it sounds quite reasonable. I think it's even better when you you realize, sorry for the Starbucks background, 
But uh, two of the <laughs> he's two revealed years, his location. Other three, other coffee shops are yeah. available. <laughs> self uh, Two of the three years, the team had no leveraging transfers. I, I think that that first appeared this last summer. Got Jesus and Zinchenko right on on good deals, so they wanted it to come. But prior to that, a lot of the transfer negotiations were with an Arsenal that 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 other teams knew needed players, right? And therefore, you're able to boost your valuations. We know they have some desperation, so I think all things considered, the valuations have been quite good. And I think the other thing we saw this past summer is that the team isn't willing to to go really go too crazy on their valuations, like Rafinha, for example, right? Like if they went in with a heavy, heavy offer, they might maybe could have got him, but they're being disciplined with the spending and they have a process. And I think that really sums up the rebuilding. Hmm. Absolutely. Um, and it is across the three years. It's not just the squad, the connection with the fans uh, and the club is nearly entirely repaired. Um, I think throughout the, the unity in the fan base is something I've never seen um, really in kind of my modern era of watching Arsenal, uh, the principles, the standards, the expectation, you know, Edu in the summer, you know, this is before we even were even looking like title challengers. This is in the summer before the season started. You know, the questions Edu was being asked about the signings made was all about the Champions League qualification. He said, to be honest, I'm not focused on Champions League qualification. I'm focused on more than that. You know, we're focused on taking Arsenal to that next level. So this clearly was in the minds. I remember El Nenny spoke after the Nuremberg friendly where he said, I think we'll a challenge for the title this season. You know, so this has clearly been in the minds of the players, this objective um, to, to, to get where we want to go. And I think it's great that we've gone off on a tangent from a defeat against Juventus to talking about, you know, <laughs> our ambitions uh, of winning a title in Arteta's three years. And it shows you that these bad results can happen. You know, they and they will happen. Uh, and unfortunately, you can't win every game, but it's how you respond to it. And the club have responded initially to this friendly defeat by organising one behind closed doors, which is key to get a response to. And then we'll go into this game against... West Ham on, on Boxing Day. I suppose it's the right time to, to talk about that because we are talking about that now, Sophie. How are you feeling ahead of the game and the, and the return of the Premier League? It, it, it does feel like, you know, uh, if you're addicted to something that we've got that, that hit of what we've been craving for so long back in our lives. And I think it comes at a good time as well. Where is the intravenous drip? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Just inject everything. Um, yeah. You know, it's so funny. People keep saying this. Is there too much football? No, there really isn't too much football. And it's just become so part of our makeup. Like, I've really had a hard time the last month. Yeah, we talk the truth on Eat, Sleep, Arsenal, Repeat. Um, it's you You miss something from your life. It's like when you, you're not around your family. There's something missing. I live far away from my family and around the holidays and yeah, you miss them, but th there's just football is part of our DNA. There are people we only see when we go to the football. That's it. There are people we hang out with only football related. It's a, such a massive part of our lives and I've really missed it. And it's a different experience, you know, going from a European championship or a Copa America or a gold cup to the world cup and then club football. Because that's part of your everyday makeup. It's not every four years, it's every year. So I can't wait. And I'm really looking forward to it, Tom. Really excited. Boxing Day is such a massive day. Growing up in England, like having the football over the holidays when every other league mm. is on holiday, um, I just thought and loved growing up. I don't like the idea of a winter break, but I do considering now there's going to be more football or there is more football. To me, it didn't make sense previously, like when I was growing up, because there just wasn't as much football. But now I totally get it. Give the players a winter break. They deserve it. They've earned it. We all get a vacation. They deserve one too. So I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, I, don't th I, mean, I, can't, yeah. I think our players can't wait either. I, I hope they're happy to be home, you know, together, raring to go, Tom. Yeah, I think that they are. And I think that the, I think that the you know, the, the messaging we saw from the players and from Arteta is that they have come back, you know, very committed and they're ready and they're raring to go. I think the Juventus defeat, if anything, will be a bit of a kick up the backside and they'll be like, well, that was crap. You know, like we need to, we can't allow that to happen, you know, in the league and we need to make sure that we respond to it. Raj, how are you feeling ahead of the Premier League's return and West Ham in particular? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good. I'll say, I think the first two weeks, I kind of, I, I enjoyed the stress break. But then after that, I was like, all right, let's get back to it. And that's why I think I, like a winter break for two weeks is okay, right? Mm. And so, but other than that, um, definitely ready to go, get back to it, get back in the rhythm uh, of the game. Like I, I enjoyed the World Cup, but I didn't really, you know, not as invested, so which is good or you know, bad and good. You can kind of watch games and enjoy them more. But there's nothing quite like, you know, locking myself in a room to watch by myself and, and people wondering why I'm yelling and stuff. So, you know, that, that's always a different experience. And so I, I've been missing that a little bit. And let's get back to it on Monday. I, I think it's been interesting coming back, seeing how rusty teams are, right, after, after a month away. And so – and also teams having to – you know, having certain players in, maybe not out. Like, Sleeve might not be there because of who was in the final, even though he didn't play much. But I think there is a, there's a rule that the player has to miss at least a week or something like that, so he may not be available. And the big thing I'm, I'm look, I want to see is who trained this week, especially with Tomoyasu and Zinchenko. And, see, and then, of course, ESR as well. I want to see how they're progressing from their recovery, right? Mm-hmm. So and that, those three things are really something to keep an eye on for, uh, this week in terms of player development. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Zinchenko, Tomiyasu, fingers crossed, hopefully will be in contention for the game on Monday, uh, is what I was told when I was at the ground on Saturday. They're, they're hopeful um, that they'll be back. There wasn't definitive on those, but the hopeful. Smith Rowe also expected to be back in January in terms of when we might see him training uh, and getting involved more and more, um, but back in January, which is positive too. Uh, Lukonga had a slight impact injury on his foot, but it's not said to be serious at all. So he should also be back uh, for Boxing Day if indeed we we need him. And I think that that was it. The only one that might still be missing, of course, is William Saliba, um, who is still coming back after his time with France at the World Cup. But maybe um, will still be in contention or maybe even at least on the bench. Ramsdale, of course, came in nearly straight away, uh, but he didn't really play too much. And he's a goalkeeper. So I suppose there is differences in the, the demands of, of those positions. Um, the, the, the next kind of topic I wanted to talk about um, is the serious spate of injuries Soph, that, that we've seen in the women's game. Um, Beth mm. Mead, of course, initially suffered a very serious ACL, and now Viv Miedemar, you know, has suffered one as well. Uh, I, I, I did enjoy Beth Mead's tweet um, that she put out. <laughs> that was excellent. Um, and yeah, I, I love just brilliant. It's, it is brilliant. Like it's just three weeks she had, you know, being waited on hand and foot, and now you know <laughs> she's going to have to try and do it for Viv instead, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, what isn't fantastic is that they're both out. Do you think this is highlighting something about the women's game in particular? There's been discussions between um, journalists, between fans, suggesting that the um, the expectation on the women's game in particular is 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 too close to the expectation in the men's game. And I think that it is important to, to you know there are differences between the male and and female biological bodies, you know, and the the strains and the stresses on what. Um, a biological male body can experience is going to be, you know, you would imagine, and, and Raj can step in at any time and tell me I'm talking a lot of rubbish, <laughs> but he's, you know, he's not going to be able to uh, sustain the same amount of stress as, you know, a, a biological female athlete. So do you think that there is, that th- these injuries are signs of problems that maybe we're not taking seriously enough? So... This is a great question and a very interesting subject. I'd like to preface my response by saying I've never been one of these women that feel like I can stand in a boxing ring and beat a man in a boxing match. Yeah. I will give it my best. I will step in the ring and I'll <laughs> give it a great fight, as you know, Mr. Canton. But likelihood Make is not like we've got a fight. <laughs> <laughs> likelihood is I am not winning and that's okay. And and that's part of like the, this men's versus women's thing, especially in football that I don't get a lot. I will call someone out on a record. And I loved how Julian Laurent talked about Mbappe's record and Giroud's record, uh, beating Thierry Henry and how he labeled it, you know, for all teams. 
you know, Goldstein and Bent were talking on Talksport today about hat tricks in World Cups and the greatest hat trick. And can you really call it a hat trick if it's 120 minutes? And I'm like, well, the greatest hat trick ever scored in a World Cup final was Carly Lloyd in 2015 against Japan in the third, sixth, and 15, 15 minute. The third one being an absolute wonder goal, a la David Beckham. Those things just don't get lauded the same way, right? So if we park that aside, that we are different and we are still trying to get to a point that men have been at for years and years and years, that comes to training facilities. And as I was talking to Susie Rack from The Guardian just a couple months ago during the women's Euros, and she was even talking about how as much as Arsenal have elevated stuff, Doc, especially with regards to training and facilities, there's still a long way to go um, in terms of the women's game and how you know they're taking care of turnkey. I think it's night and day compared to how it used to be. Mm. This is a concern for Arsenal Football Club, Tom, from the point of view of winning. These yeah. are two of the most important players, and we've lost Arguably them both to injury. Too. And and I'm I'm really worried about I don't know the doc will tell me should I be more worried about Beth's injury or or Vivi's injury because with Miedemar that's really a concern. Uh, the good thing is is they're both still young, but for the club and for the team and what we're going for this season, especially after we kind of overcame some adversity uh, that game against Manchester United in the WSL, we lost yes to Leon, but we played a good game. We're still in, in through to the next round of the Champions League, but this is a massive loss. And I think because there's more games now and the games are more intense, they're televised. I think it adds a lot to all of it. There's more exhibition games now too, Tom, as well. So they've gone from playing maybe little three or four seasons ago to much more now. So it's definitely going to have an impact the same as we're seeing in the men's game when they play too much football. Yeah, so two questions, Doc, on this. I mean, first of all, the details that you understand about the the two injuries in particular. And secondly, my question around those is how much does fatigue and, you know, the continuous uh, strain that's put on athletes' bodies by regular matches increase the chance of these specific types of injuries happening? Yeah, well, so they're both the same. They're both ACL ruptures, from my understanding. I don't know if there's additional details given on like if any other ligament has been injured or the meniscus has been injured either. So they're both similar injuries. You know, you go in have surgery, typically about a nine-month return. I look at the second season back to be a true entertainer of return to pre-injury level. So there is certainly a, uh, a process there, especially mentally. But in terms of your question to fatigue, it certainly plays a part, right? Whether it's physical fatigue, what we call neuromuscular fatigue, it plays a significant part. But I think to Sophie's point, the question isn't it's it's not it's different than just pure fatigue. It's also more about how you're being trained. If your body has been trained to have more endurance, right? And you've been doing it for years and years on end, and you develop a more robust physical profile, then that allows you to become fatigued less easily, right? And unfortunately, when it comes to female footballers or female sports in general that SNC side isn't emphasized as early, right? And it's not, and the individuals who are involved in that aren't typically at the top of the sport, right? Just look at that. I think there was a great article in The Athletic yesterday that said like SNC coaches within uh, top flight football for the male, male side are like 50 to 80K, whereas on the female side, it's like 20 to 50K, right? So naturally where are the top, the top uh, experts going to gravitate towards the men's side? And that leads to a, a lower a level of care for the female side, right? And so then that leads to what? Less robust physical, you know, physical side for females, right? Which all plays a part. And then I think even something I see on a youth development side is that there's that it's not emphasized enough for girls to be in strength and conditioning early. Whereas even with honestly, even with young boys, it's not emphasized enough in general, but especially with females. It's not emphasized, and that could play a part why I think the highest uh, ACL rupture rate is female footballers from the age of 14 to 18, and so it's a high rate in that regard, and there's multiple reasons for that. It could, it's part of that fatigue. We know that, there, that there's some differences when it comes to like hamstring to quad strength ratios, and so uh, 
with females, quadriceps strength tends to outweigh hamstring strength, whereas with males, it's the inverse. And the hamstring is plays a key part in uh, helping to prevent ACL injuries. So there is there are some physical deficits, but really, I think a lot of these things could be mitigated. But you need the proper processes in place from early, early on. And so for me, seeing the ACL ruptures at the elite level is more of a symptom of years and years of issues rather than just one thing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Miedemar is, I mean, they've both played a lot of football. Miedemar has just been relied on so very yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they extended a contract years. by a year, which is now going yeah. to be completely taken up by this injury. So I don't know how that yeah, will impact what happens contractually um, with Viv either. Um, so that's a really. And, then, and, and there's always going to be that concern about how play comes back, right? So mm. no matter what, Doc, do women, and I'm going to ask stupid questions on this show along the way, and that's fine by me. I hope it's fine by the listeners. But do women re- respond and recover the same way as men when it comes to an ACL? Like, is it oranges and oranges? Is that the case for most injuries or no? It, I mean, it depends. It, it's so... I look at it, I mean, like I said before, there are some strength differences, right, naturally when it comes to males versus females. And so that's going to impact your recovery and how quickly you're able to return, especially when it comes to that hamstring quad ratio or other movement patterns as well. So that can impact it to an extent. It's hard to say how much. It's all anecdotal. And so I I, honestly, to me, the biggest thing is a lot of times it's, it's the type of player profile right? Like if they're a winger, that's going to be a lot harder to come back from because they're relying a lot more on spontaneous change of direction, start, stop, which puts a lot of stress on the body compared to say a goalkeeper or center back less so, but still, I think that's, to me, that's more of a, of a uh, key criteria than it is male versus female. Mm. It's really interesting. I'd like. I think I'm going to do some reading, Soph, on this. Yeah, um, no, de- definitely. I can't believe this happened to them both. It's just yeah, unbelievable. It's just I, I, unreal. On the morning show, I said it's like um, when Ozil and Alexis were our best two players. It's like us losing both of those to ACLs. Like from a men's kind of comparison, for those that don't aren't that in tune with the women's game, that's kind of what we're talking about here. That's the level of damage that's been done to the team by losing these two um it's huge and i was actually just checking on the wsl um in 2015 there were eight teams in the wsl in 2019 that jumped up to 12 which meant that you had significantly more games being played and in 2021 22 the number of games played across the season in the wsl not including europe and cup games was 22 and you go back to 2015 and it was 14 so we've added eight extra league games within that space of time which is a significant number in such a small period. Right. So that extra strain is is evident just by looking at the number of games being played there. And, and Arsenal go deep into competitions. Tom, exactly. You know, and mm. that's another thing that adds layers to, you know, performances and, and wear and tear on, on the old body. I know we've got a deeper squad and we've got better, we've got a better squad. There's no yeah. doubt about it. But sometimes, you know, a little bit like we're talking about with the men's losing Jesus, there's just something about that that has a major significance versus other injuries. But these two together, oof, mm. that's hard. And Man United are better this season. You know, that was not a good game for us. Uh, Chelsea, you know, just one point. Leading by one point in the WSL can make all the difference. Losing two players like that, oof, that's hard. Indeed. Uh, Doc's going to be shooting off very shortly. Um, so before he does, I wanted to give Sophie the opportunity to ask her question to the Doc, uh, and then we'll be saying goodbye. So Soph, shoot. Yes, I love that we're getting this opportunity with the Doc at the end of the show. And I've been thinking about this from, uh, I have friends, I, I was an athlete when I was in school, um, but not good enough to go on and play professional sports. I have a lot of friends who went semi and some who I know just through sports here, talking to players in MLS and whatever. Doc, you have patience, right? Um, and athletes don't have patience. If you Do you see what I did there? 
if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so when I'm thinking about Jesus and his road to recovery, and I'm seeing all these pictures of him walking around on his crutches and him, and I know people say you should walk on a knee injury and laying down and doing stuff and exercises, whatever it is he's doing. And I'm thinking about me tomorrow, but these are players who want to play. They're born winners. How do you manage the recovery process? Who's the boss of that? Is it the club, the club doctor? Is it the player, his representatives? Because in the past, we've seen players rushed too early, rushed too soon, and maybe that was a club decision versus a player decision or or their personal doctor decisions. How does that entire process work when you have an athlete who just wants to get back on the pitch? How do you manage that with your patients? I mean... Ideally, it's the physios who are who are leading that. It's, it's, it's going to be criteria-based return. So there's certain benchmarks that you want them to meet, and if they meet that, then they can progress, right? And so that's what it comes down to, really. Of course, as you get, you know, with certain players, you're going to have other forces in. That's just that's what it is at the elite level. And you know, as you get closer, there, you're going to have conversation between yourself and the coaching staff and the player to understand, right? Kind of all the risks, and so. And when certain players, you might be more willing to take a chance, you might be less willing, right? And so there's so many variables. There's no cookie cutter approach to it. But ideally, it's the physios. It gets a little murky as you get closer to that return to play because, you know, the the player's close. You're not sure yet. They want to get back. And so that's where it can get, get a little harder in general. But, I mean, honestly a person being too motivated is far better than the opposite not being motivated right i think it really just comes down to how much trust the player you've built with the player and the communication you have with them and so a lot of that just becomes educational as well i think a lot of that comes from the coaching staff as well in terms of how they kind of make make um how they relate the importance of the medical personnel to the players, right? And so that's that's all part of the background kind of stuff that's going on. And so the way I see it at Arsenal, from my understanding with how it is with Arteta, is that he kind of he allows the medical staff to be very, very independent. And so mm-hmm. he doesn't get involved in his decision. It's coming from them. And so I, I think that's something that we see with him throughout his tenure, whether it's medical, whether it's other aspects of the club, is that he allows other experts to be experts. And so I, I think, yeah. yeah, to answer your question, Wait, it's hard to Doc, say in my case. Go ahead. Doc, when it comes to the end, like you said, because I think that's the kind of the tricky part, and you're my doctor and I'm the athlete and I'm like, I'm ready. I'm, this is the race. This is the race I've been waiting for. This is the final I've been waiting for. I'm playing. And you're saying you shouldn't play. That's the conversation I'm really most interested in at that point. Does the player, if he has that kind of caliber, that type of influence, does he get that final nod in that moment? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's that adversarial, right? It, if you have a good relationship with the player, it should never get to that point of being adversarial because you've been with them now for whoever knows how many months or years. And so they should understand the risk and reward of that. And in the end, that's what it really comes down to is the risk and reward. You're going to give your say. The player's going to have their say. The manager will have their say. But also, as a physio at the top level, you have to understand that it's not like your normal, you know, your normal environment. Players want to play. Coaches want the players to play. You want the players to play. And so there's going to be a little more acceptable level of risk, especially as it comes to these big games. That's just, that's just what it is. And so now if it's someone who, you know, who is coming out there and you know, they can't go and it's a super high red flag in that case, um, of course they can't play. Right. But you know, if let's say it's a, if it's a 50, 50 and it was a normal kind of like, you know, mid-November game, they likely wouldn't play. Now you're talking about Champions League or a game, let's say, with the top club, you know, that, that has drastic ramifications, then there's a little bit more acceptable risk. And I think the understanding that and that mentality is really, you have to understand that it's not, medical side is not just black and white. 
there, there's so many different factors that come into it. And for me, that's what makes it fun. A massive thank you to Raj, of course, uh, who's shot off now. Uh, you can find him at 3CB Performance on Twitter, and he'll be back, of course, uh, after Christmas for our next podcast as well. The world of physiotherapy. Uh, so if you have to shoot off at a moment's notice. <laughs> I mean, he was out of there. What? A, and I, I adore him. And he just, Great. by the way, I want to steal the uh, sweater he was wearing today. Sweater weather. Mm, indeed, yes. Yeah, very sweater you, weather. Now you have to Google sweater weather skit Saturday Night Live. It's okay. hilarious. I'm adding yeah. it to my list. Yeah, Amy Poehler, um, she will not disappoint. Yeah, add it. <laughs> no, I know she doesn't. Uh, yeah, I've seen some <laughs> of her stuff. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, so obviously kind of bringing an end to that part of the, the conversation around the injuries and, and stuff as well. Um, mm. I What I've done is, is I've finally got off my backside, which has been a challenge during this snowy period, and set us up a, uh, a Strava club. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with Strava, uh, trust me, it's easy. I'm really not good with this stuff, and I've managed to work out within the space of a day. Um, so, yeah, it's basically like an app, like your typical running apps or exercise apps. It records, it tracks, you know, what you're doing or the exercise that you're doing. And what we want to do is invite you to join what is becoming the Eat, Sleep, Arsenal, Repeat community um by going to what i believe i need to get this right uh www.strava.com slash clubs slash esarp which is eat sleep arsenal repeat podcast in <laughs> acronym form uh so esarp e-s-a-r-p uh at the end of that i'll make sure to leave a link down in today's video description hopefully uh my little minion sophie raj and owen would have all signed up as well by this point and you'll see us all on there i have noticed that on strava i've started to be found by people already like people are typing that. in my name and adding me and seeing how little exercise i'm doing um it's all very self-conscious <laughs> You, it is going to definitely force me to to do more stuff because I know people are going to be going, oh, Tom's not done his mile run today and I'm <laughs> going to get that in the morning show. So, uh, yes, you'll be able to find us at www.strava.com uh, yeah, slash clubs slash ESARP uh, is where you can find uh, that. Uh, Sophie, what? I'm, I mean, we I'm talked excited about, about that. Kind of thing. Yeah, I, we, <laughs> I am excited to see what kind of uh, community we build. Uh, I'm also going to get a, uh, and I, this might not be there by the time this goes up. It might be. I've not decided if I've got the time to do it tomorrow morning uh, before we upload it because I've got to do some editing for this podcast. Um, but uh, I want to make a Spotify playlist that people can listen to mm. what I listen to when I'm running. And of course, there'll be like a TC playlist. There'll be a Sophie playlist, fingers crossed. There'll be a Raj playlist and an Owen playlist which I'm very scared about what Owen listens to, to be honest. I'm concerned. I love this. <laughs> I absolutely love this because I have a feel. I love seeing other people's playlists and music. I'm one of those mm. awful people that really don't make playlists and I just put my favorite songs on repeat. Yeah. And I, I may live in the past when it comes to the music. Like my new music may have ended at either the 1979, somewhere about, somewhere there or thereabouts. Yeah. Um, so this is going to be great. I love the playlist, by the way. Yeah. Well, I, to be honest, playlists for me are like, I have too many of them. I, I don't like my Spotify is just filled with random playlists from like seven years ago that I barely use anymore. Um, do you have that where you like made, like you've made oh, lots God. of different ones? Do you know what I mean? You actually think like if you ever kick the bucket and someone saw your playlists. <laughs> I have playlists with one song in, like, because I've just started a playlist <laughs> and never finished it. Like, <laughs> I don't know why that happened. I think I've got ones like, if I genuinely go onto my Spotify now, I'll have one that's like drum and bass chill music where I've gone on to like try and come up with like all the drum and bass chill songs I listen to. And there'll be like one <laughs> song in that playlist. I'm serious. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's so funny, Tom, because I, I love a good, I love a bit of pop every now and again, but I can't listen yeah. to like an entire, you know, take that album. I just want one song <laughs> and I do the same. So I've got all these open playlists where I've put, it's like my my dance music or my 90s music Ooh. or whatever, and there's literally one song in it. And I'm like, maybe I should just amalgamate these songs and create some type of playlist. This, this is the sign of a genuine psychopath. I have a playlist called The Top Five, which is clearly where I've gone to make like my top five favorite <laughs> songs. It has four songs in it. It doesn't even have five songs. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's the level of psychopath we're talking about. That's ridiculous. Anyway, so I am actually going to try and commit to making my own running playlist full of what will probably be loads of right. Drivers, which is very motivating, to be fair, very energetic, and uh, it's it's good to run and, and work out too. Um, I'm going to be on the guys to to get theirs uh, theirs done if they want to. I'm not going to force them, uh, but if they when would do like we, to. When do playlist. we? I like having homework. When do we need to have this ready? By um, well, I mean, I can add the link to the video at any point. I'm going to try and get mine okay. on for tomorrow's upload at midday, but I doubt you'll have time. Right. I mean, you may have time. I don't know how little your life is. Maybe I could though. do. I <laughs> <laughs> well, I have no live show day. I'm just doing. I am preparing for my three year anniversary special on Mikel Arteta. Wow, um, nice. I watched Harry's earlier. It was very good. Yeah, so, you know, it will start off really rough for me, you know, having not yeah. been on board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it started it off bad. rough for Mikel as well, didn't it? So, you it know, did. now we're here. It did. Uh, so but, yeah, so. The words rocky start were, were in the headline. So, yeah. And I'm guaranteeing a rocky song in my Ooh. workout playlist. I'm loving these segues. I mean, I could just put the Rocky Four album in there. Do you know what I mean? But I'm yeah, not, I'm going to get some. I'm going to get some tunes to you by the end. Uh, when okay. you're listening to this, people, you will know what my five. I'm going to pick five. Okay, five songs. Five songs. Okay, that's. I mean, I was like, my playlist. I'm going to try and get a hundred. <laughs> Jeez, I'm not I can't expecting keep up to with do you. That. Listen, you, this Generation X, I can't keep up with you kids these days. Yeah. Seriously, I need a nap. Well, I the great to... things about that is that if you think of a song, you can just add it to that playlist and it will just update. You know, it will continue to update. And if people oh, go right. back to it and like, you know, the playlist that I put in for today's podcast may not be the same as it is in next week's podcast because I'm just going to keep adding songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, okay. I mean, yeah. right now, all I can hear is there's no easy way out from Rocky Four. <laughs> you know, like that's, you know, when he's driving the car and stuff like that. Mm. So. I, I think yeah. that if someone listens to your playlist uh, while they're running, like <laughs> the way to one end of their run, and then listens to one on the way back, they're going to think, how how on earth have these two people come together to talk <laughs> unanimously about one subject? Because the, the taste is going to be so far apart. It's going to okay. be ridiculous. Tom, um, when I was growing up and we were on holiday, right, ooh. I had my Walkman. I don't know if yeah. you ever had a Walkman. I, I had a Sony Ericsson Did you have a CD? Was it a CD at the time or was it a tape? Uh, so the first I had like a CD, it was like a dick, big disc, like where the, yeah. the CD would go in and I would flip up like, yes. I mean, if we got really young listeners that even now I'm going to start looking old at this point, <laughs> but yeah. Right. Yeah. So the rule was when you were sunbathing, cause we didn't really work out back then us folks, when yeah. you were sunbathing, you had to one side of the tape, then you flip it. That was before the Walkman could actually just flip it for you automatically right. flip right. it. So with the playlist, do you have a going out and a coming back? Um, is that what you're saying? Oh, um, no. Or is it just one loop? Do you have like a final Sometimes 20 minutes? I change to the just... playlist I'm listening to partway through. I might be like, oh, you know, because my head might be banging a bit by that halfway point. So I'm like, I don't really need the, you know, the drum and bass really banging in my head all the way back. Yeah. So I'm going to listen to yeah, something yeah. more chill, you know? So... No, I don't typically change, but that's that's the, not like halfway point. But yeah, that's, that's a good metaphor for it, though. Like the tape being turned over. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna. Yeah, it works. It works. So, this was a really long way of us saying that we're gonna have Spotify playlists um, in the description. The good thing is we won't have to talk about this great in in such detail next time. But I think you might appreciate the the background stories behind it. So yes, www uh strava.com slash clubs slash esarp is where you can come and join the uh eat sleep arsenal repeat community club uh which of course you'll be able to see all of our exercises and all of yours well of course i think i'm gonna look more into it but you can do like events and stuff so it mm. might be that we have time to do like a run wherever we are in the world at the same time that might be pretty cool oh. so that, that might be it, obviously it will have to work time differences was gonna have to be strange but uh that would be uh, epic. Yeah, we're gonna have to, maybe we can do like if we can get forty nine miles collectively. Do you know what I mean? Um, so everyone, Tom, if mile. people can get up at three a.m. in the morning to watch a World Cup random, you know, <laughs> first round match, they can yeah. get up and run with yes. us. 
Absolutely. We're going to look into doing more of this. And of course, uh, you've left some really cool ideas and stuff in comment sections of the previous shows. So and I'm reading through plenty of notes. So if you read through the comments as well, um, thank you for leading all the feedback on these shows. Uh, Owen hopefully will be back with us in the new year uh, when his work has, has calmed down significantly. And of course, we'll be welcoming back Dr. Raj uh, for the next show as well. When that next show will be, we're not 100% sure because of course, next week is Christmas um, and a lot of chaos goes on with families and stuff around them. But we will update you on the socials and of course i'll be updating you on the 8 a.m morning shows when those will be as well sophie thank you so much for your time as always as always it is a pleasure to hang out with you mr canton Keep, hey sneaky sneaky got to 41k i saw today hey hey yeah it's in yeah, we did. 41,000 subs. Not bad. <laughs> it's, Very nice. still, it's still crazy. Um, the aim is if we can get to 50 by the summer, then we're going to try and do a live show in London. That is that is the aim to celebrate Amazing. that 50K. So, uh, yeah, if, if you're not subbed, please sub. I was looking at the, the analytics earlier on. Apparently, 35% of the people that watch the show aren't subscribed. What the hell? Like, why aren't you subscribed? Oh, that takes you way. That takes you to 50. Pop, pop. Before yeah. the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. What is 41,000 with 35% of it added on? I mean, this is testing my A-level oh, math. Boy. I did A-level math. My weakest subject. I used to be Mr. Waller's maths group, top of the shelf. Times then Mr. Waller. got to the fourth year <laughs> in secondary school and just got distracted. So if if thirty so if if we have forty one thousand I bet you never thought we were doing maths no. live on a podcast and I love you because you do all this crazy shit all the time. Go on. If you have forty one thousand subscribers and you want to do thirty five percent of it, so that's times zero point three five. So that's fourteen thousand three hundred and fifty. So if the thirty five percent that listen to this that aren't subscribed subscribed tonight, yeah, I mean it's not going to happen. But, 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 you know, it would theoretically get us there. So make sure you check. Uh, and also, if you are subscribed to this, you're only 50% of the job done because the other 50% is making sure you're subscribed to the Highbury Squad as well. So do make sure you go over and subscribe to the Highbury Squad because you're only 50% doing your job if you are indeed <laughs> just subscribed here. So thanks for your time awesome. as always. <laughs> uh, we will see, uh, of course, you can find Raj on Twitter at 3CB Performance. You can find Owen uh, as well. I'm promoting even though he's not here. That is, that is free promotion if you've ever heard it. Uh, Owen Young on Twitter. Uh, and of course, I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. with the next show. And of course, the next Eat Sleep Arsenal repeat will keep you updated as to when that will be around Christmas. Join up to our Strava Club and uh, start tuning into some of our Spotify tunes if you're into hardcore drum bass <laughs> we'll see you again. yeah yeah indeed all share there's going to be lots of variety <laughs> see you soon guys have a good one and as always up the arse it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. I fans.